Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Just had to get a couple of little things tech-wise set up before we went live there. So a little bit... Late coming live on the uh, microphone there at the show start today. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Folks, I, uh, Arizona, I don't know if you've followed this at all. Um, and I say that, the, the Arizona election audit. I, I say that because it's not really being covered much in the media. But yesterday in the state of Arizona, there was a hearing and the hearing was regarding the findings from the Maricopa County audit. And I'm just going to say this. If you did your personal taxes, if you ran your business's books like the way Maricopa County ran the 2020 election, you, my friend, would be in the clink. You would be in major trouble. You would be facing fines, imprisonment, have your name run through the mud, whatever, if you were running your business, running your uh, your personal taxes the way that Maricopa County was running its election back in 2020. Now, this is uh, from a tweet by Liz Harrington. Her Twitter uh, Twitter handle is Real Liz USA. She is has summarized here what the report was before uh, from the testimony before the Senate committee in the state of Arizona. So to summarize, and I know there's there's a lot of moving parts, and sometimes we just jump into these things and start talking. But I just want to make sure everybody understands understands what's going on. So of course we've had recounts. Recounts just simply count what's there, and I've seen people on social media make analogies like this. A recount is when you have 10 apples, you count them once, you have 10, you count them again, you have 10, and you say, we did a recount. An audit an audit would be when you inspect the 10 apples and you realize that three are rotten, or whatever the numbers are. Out of every, uh, 10 apples, you've got six real apples, you've got three rotten apples, and you've got one of those plastic apples or a fake apple or whatever, you get the difference, right? You still have 10 apples, so people say, we've done recounts, we've done recounts, we've done recounts. What do they want? What else can we do here? But the allegations are not that the numbers aren't what, <laughs> aren't what the system says they are. The allegations and the concern is that the numbers are not what the voters said that they were. You understand that? I know you understand this, but that is the difference. The officials are saying the numbers say this, and you can recount it 5,000 times, and that's what the officials are going to say. 
but we're really wanting to know what the voters said, what the real legitimate voters said, and that is what an audit is trying to do. Hey, this guy shouldn't be able to vote. This lady is not legally casting a ballot. This person doesn't live here. This person uh, doesn't exist. This person's dead, right? That is what an audit seeks to find out. And so the state Senate in Arizona has taken up upon itself constitutionally, I might add. That's another thing in this process that we're often deceived about. The, the, the state legislature has the authority to oversee the state's elections. It's not the Congress's job in Washington, D.C., though they can certainly make general, um, you know, general laws about national elections. They don't, they don't manage the elections. For example, you can set election day, which is set already. I'm just giving an example, um, an election day that's federally set. But the way in which an election is run, the hours in which polls are open, the type of votes that can be cast, all that sort of stuff is left up to the state legislatures to to determine. And so this is what um, Arizona is doing. They are looking into what is going on in their state and trying and specifically Maricopa County because again, there are so many numbers that just don't make any sense. We went to bed on November 3rd or Fourth, early, you know, early that morning. Remember, all the states paused their number. By the way, let me pause. Let me pause and say, if you're listening to my show on YouTube, you bet, and you like this program, and I, I mean this, you better find another place that you can listen. I don't know if I'm up on third, my third strike, or where I am with with the uh, the censors at YouTube, but I, I've got to be close. So what I've already said. Just what I've said now, simply pointing out what is factually true, that Arizona has the right, the Senate, the, the legislature in the state of Arizona has the right to do an audit, to take a look at the election, to make sure that its numbers are correct. And by the way, dare I say, this should be something every state should do. This should be something that is part of what is going on. I asked um, you know, someone who has... You know, a larger business the other day. How often do you audit? And of course, he he kind of smiled. He's like, a lot. <laughs> you know, we we try to make sure that you know that there's a third, you know, an independent set of eyes, so to speak, overlooking everything, just to make sure that um, we're aware of anything funny that might be happening. I mean, who knows? Someone might be. Um, if you have a big enough company or heck even small companies i've heard horror stories of people trying to you know steal money and that sort of thing you've heard these too it's not it's not a crime that never happens some people go to great lengths to do this and so it just you, you audit the books you have a third party look and see what's going on just to you know uh, alleviate any suspicions or you know just improprieties eliminate the, the possibility of those things. Same thing when I ran a nonprofit organization, a boys and girls club, we had audits of the books. It didn't mean that we were accusing someone of doing anything wrong. 
acting with impropriety, we simply said we want to have the assurance and give our donors the assurance that what we tell them about our finances are true and legal and just and accurate and all this. Why this is not part of the post-election process, no matter who wins, no matter what, I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily have to be every year, but it should certainly be a part of it. It should certainly be a part of it. We shouldn't just blindly suppose that our our state our states who you know the state of indiana does some things well but it's still state government there are still things that they are inefficient on there are still things that it's just it's just the way that it is we need to just know have an idea spoke with someone in in a position of government the other day and asked him if if he had heard any calls for um, auditing our election. And he said he hadn't gotten a single one, which candidly surprised me given everything that's going on nationally. I will say Indiana runs its elections well. And this is, I'm not throwing shade here at the, at the, uh, uh for the folks in Indiana. I do think that Indiana's elections are, are run well. I, on the other hand, also think that you should just this should just be part of it. Why Why wouldn't it be part? It just doesn't make sense to me why it wouldn't be part of the process. Anyway, so if you're listening on YouTube, you best find another way to listen because I'm almost certain they're going to flag this program simply because I'm mentioning this. And I'm going to talk about it probably the whole time today. I'm just pausing here most of the time anyway. But let's go back here. What's going on in Arizona um, so there's a hearing, they've had an audit, the auditor has gone through and looked at things, and they did a, they had a hearing yesterday, and this Liz Harrington tweet summarizes what the auditor found. This is what the testimony was yesterday, and this is her tweet, I'm going to read this, stunning in race decided by 10,457 votes, so Biden one, and I'm putting it in air quotes because again, this is this is insane. I, I can't even. On the one hand, it's not surprising. On the other hand, this is totally insane. So, Biden wins by ten thousand four hundred fifty-seven votes. That's what the numbers show. That's what the recounts have shown in Arizona. So, according to the testimony yesterday. By the auditor, 3,981 people voted despite being registered after the October 15th deadline. So there was a process where they – I don't know if if it was the – uh, the Secretary of State or someone in, you know, in the administrator or the executive branch said that you could register to vote up to – I think up to Election Day in the state of Arizona. But, but that's not what the law said. The law said it had to be – I forget the date. And so it went to court. It might have been October 15th. It went to court, and a judge ruled that you had to be um, registered by October 15th. But these votes got counted anyway. They weren't supposed to count due to a court ruling. They did count. So they, so it appears that's what he says. This auditor says 3,981 people voted even though they were registered too late. Now, you can say we don't know who they voted for. That's true. That's not even to the point yet. It doesn't matter 
who we think these people, I mean, I, I know there's definite opinions on this, and I know that this is, you know, where this story is leading us. I'm just simply saying an objective person should just say, it doesn't matter at this point, because almost 4,000 people, that's 40%. That's 40% of the margin of victory by Biden. That's not just on the periphery. That's, and by the way, that's the smallest number of these things I'm going to give you, which again, I'm sharing from this tweet from Liz Harrington. Number two, 11,326 people voted who were not, listen to this, who were not on the rolls on November 7th, but were on the rolls December 4th. Now, how on earth does that make sense? How on earth does that make any sense? They were not on the rolls November 7th. The election was what, November 3rd, I believe. But they were magically on the rolls November or December 4th. <laughs> Folks, what in the world? Now, again, we don't necessarily, who knows? The, the auditor says maybe there's an explanation for this. I don't know what it would be. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe the, and I'll play some of these sound bites, by the way, where he, he shares this information. I just want you to wrap your head around that. That is actually more. More people voted. 11,326 who were not on the rolls. They weren't even on the rolls on Election Day, even a few days after Election Day, but they magically appeared on December 4th. Why? What in the world? What does that mean? Is there an explanation? Maybe. But that is incredibly suspicious, is it not? Number three, 18,000 voted and then were removed from rolls after the election. 18,000 votes were cast and counted then those people who voted were no longer on the rolls after the election. So um, we have people who were not on the rolls election day. They got added after the election who voted. We had people who were on the rolls or that voted and then that were removed from the rolls after the election. Why would that happen? I don't, I don't know. These are Again, the auditor is just bringing up what he's, his findings are. And the third one, th this this is remarkable. This number in and of itself is truly remarkable. And for the people out there who who claim that there's no issue ever with mail-in voting, just listen to this. There there are laws and procedures for the uh, the process of, of voting by by mail, and according to the auditor's findings in Maricopa County, Georgia, this is going to knock you out of your seat if you've not already heard this, 74,243 mail-in ballots were counted, were, were voted upon, um, that had no evidence that they were ever, that they were ever even sent. There's no evidence to prove that these things actually even came through the mail system, that they were processed, you know, sent from one place and received in another place. There is no record that these things even existed. I say it, I said it at the top, I'll say it again. If you ran your business, if you ran your personal finances the way Maricopa County, if if you had numbers like this come up in your and an audit of your personal or business finances, there would be extreme suspicion on you, your family, and they would be ready to throw the book at you. You'd have some prosecutor breathing down your neck. You probably would have people knocking on your doors to come and, you know, take things that you own, put you in jail, 
press charges against you. What are, we, what are we going to do? What's going to happen here in Maricopa County? And this is just the tip, folks. This is just the tip of the iceberg. As some of these state legislatures are pushing, Pennsylvania may be next now for an audit of the vote. Anyway, I want to play some of these sound bites so you can hear the auditor and the exchange with the, uh, with the Senate, uh, the, the president of the committee. When we get back, but I'm going to take a time out. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I do want to take a moment here. Actually, I want to take a moment to tell you program is brought to you in part by our friends, our friends, my, my personal friend, friend TJ Freegy, Freegy and Freegy Auctions and Marketing. They provide auctioning services, on-site auctioning, real estate auctions. Uh, they have the big boy toy auction that's in the spring. They've got, they do estate auctions. I mentioned before, TJ also does some auctioneering for uh, Barrett Jackson, you know, the really high-end auto auctions and so forth. Very talented. Don't tell him I said this, but very talented auctioneer. And, you know, you may need uh, some auction services, sometimes um, certain moving situations or maybe estate auctions. They also do firearms auctions as well. Check them out, freegeauctioneers.com, F-R-E-I-J-E, freegeauctioneers with an S.com. Take a look at upcoming auctions, and these are things you can sometimes, actually I would say oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes you can bid on uh, electronically, online. So you don't necessarily have to be, even though it's conveniently located just west of Indianapolis, you don't have to be in person for many of these auctions. Check them out, freegeauctioneers.com. I also want to say this. I also want to say that there is there's there's stories out here uh, excerpts from an excerpt or excerpts from a book about Trump and about a coup and about Mike Pence and how Pence's life was you know these insurrectionists were planning on January 6th to kill him in front of his wife and, and daughter i just so there's there's this story out there too today um or really that came out, I guess, yesterday, some of these hearings. Um, I guess one of these generals was talking about a coup, and Trump, I think didn't. I think Trump tweeted out, if I was going to do a coup, I wouldn't do it with this general or some. I'd, I'd have to check. I thought we didn't tweet it because they don't have a Twitter account but any longer. Anyway, there's just some of that back and forth uh, stuff uh, stuff going on. Anyhow, so that's also kind of running simultaneously here i i just say when that kind of news hits on the day of this of this hearing it's just it's skeptical I'm, I'm very skeptical about this it just seems to me that there's anything to change the narrative from what um yeah see the tr- trump here uh, from the hill there's a quote there's a story here trump depends on january 6th you don't have the courage I don't want to revisit all that today. I want to focus on the actual election and the integrity of 
our elections because that is that's important. Um, that is, you know, we have people following this narrative that you know, the January sixth insurrection, which is now what we're calling this, um, the insurrection was an attempt to overthrow the government. I mean, it's it to me, it's it's truly blown. And again, I'm not. Uh, you got to be careful here because people say, oh, you're defending. I'm not defending any of that. I'm not defending the people who broke the law, the people who rioted, the people who damaged property, the people who, you know, pushed through police lines or uh, people who engaged in violence. They should face the consequences for those crimes. They should. Um, there were people at the, on NDC on that day that were not acting violently. Um, they have a right to peacefully protest. This isn't really that complicated, but now we've turned this into because this is what the Democrats and the and the media do. The Republican, or excuse me, the the Democrat leadership, the Dramacrats, they turn something into a well, it's hyperbole, exaggeration to the max to politically benefit and to keep the narrative focused on that because that sounds bad. Insurrection, people going to overthrow the government. I mean, it is absurd to think that if this. This group of people who took the Capitol, let's say that they totally took over the Capitol, which they didn't. They weren't armed either. I don't know what they were going to do all their chaos and and damage with. I know that people, uh, that there was still violence. I'm not defending that. I'm just, you can say that what happened was wrong when it's wrong and people should face consequences without blowing it into something that it's not. I mean, we literally, by the way, by the way, we did have a place last summer that was um, no longer claimed to be part of the United States of America, the the great nation of Chaz slash chop. They couldn't even agree on a name. Remember they had it for a few hundred hours until they ran out of clean underwear, had to go back to mom and dad's basement to play Xbox or whatever the, you know, PlayStation 15 or whatever we're on to now. They had to play online games and get back to the basement where it was safe and cozy. They just ran out of, you know, they, they couldn't run a nation for very long, but we really had the nation of Chaz slash Chop. And in fact, remember one of these travel sites. I can't make this up. I forget which one it was. Oz could probably look it up and tell us, but there was a travel site at one point where you could schedule your vacation. In the in Chaz or Chop or whatever your you know getaway or whatever they were, you could actually ser- search in Chaz or Chop, which is crazy. They literally, that literally was folks. Now, you can call it an insurrection, but even m- maybe to make a political point, but that's even not what that was. At any moment that the city decided they wanted to reclaim that territory, that part of the city, they they could have done it. They just they didn't. And of course, I mean, you know, at one point, it's certainly understandable not to, you know, you, you don't want, I don't want to get into that, but this, you don't want to create, I, I get some of the thinking, even though you shouldn't let people take over your city. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm saying that there's other, other considerations once it's gotten to that point and you don't, you know, you don't want to have chaos on your hands, even worse, which it was chaos already. I don't want to get into that. I just... The point is that there was an actual place that people did take over and that they weren't part, said they weren't part of the United States. They were part of their own little independent country. 
that lasted again for a few hundred hours until they ran out of, I don't know, macaroni and cheese packs or some such thing. So that's not what happened in D.C. And even if it did, the idea that our Constitution was hanging in the balance, it is it is so absurd. Absolutely so absurd. Trump was, oh, Trump was going to have a coup, they say. Trump was, Trump was going to overthrow the government. He's always going to do something threatening and dangerous and so forth. But he, he that's not what happened. There's only – there's allegations, which, of course, they allege all sorts of things about Trump. They allege that he's running – he was running concentration camps on the border, right? I mean this is what they do. They level allegations constantly. They dramatize what those allegations are, and so they and they operate on innuendo and and rumor, unnamed sources. I mean, I don't take much of what these jokers tell us seriously. It is so blown out of proportion. And again, I'm not minimizing the damage, the danger, the 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 folks who died. Um, you know, Ashley Babbitt, for example. Which, by the way, why don't we know anything about that? That seems like a legitimate question or um, discussion that that we should have. We don't know who shot her. We really don't know why or what happened. We've seen some some videos. Um, I don't know. There, there are plenty of unanswered questions, but I will say this: none of the none of it leads us to believe that the United States was really about to end on January 6th. That is beyond laughable. That is not remotely close to living in a sane universe. It's problematic. It should not have happened. There should be consequences for folks to the degree that the, the, you know, when the law was broken, if they specifically did not, not as if they were in D.C. that day um, supporting Trump or listening to his speech, but if there's evidence they actually did something to break the law, then there should be consequences. This, again, it's not a complicated thing. But to say and to use this story that Trump was about to try to engage a coup and overthrow the government completely on January 6th, I just find it slightly suspicious that that story, that news, that <clears throat> news hits the media um, the very day that we're hearing these this testimony in Arizona. So that being said, timeouts in order. We are going to play some of these sound bites from what the auditor found in the Maricopa County Arizona election audit, which again is remarkable. It's not surprising, but just to see the numbers and to try to wrap our heads around this is. To, to say that there's no problem, to say – remember, this was supposed to be the most secure election in the history of America. That's what they've been telling us. If this is the most secure election, then I don't know that we have – that we can trust any of our elections. This is the most secure. Are you kidding me? These numbers that they're telling us and, and questionable votes and, and things that simply do not make any sense is – candidly astronomical and i think inexcusable they don't know what they're doing they don't know how to run elections or or maybe something else much more nefarious if you're allowed to say that timeouts in order sit tight back here in just a minute Welcome back, my friends. 
just reviewing the most secure election in American history with you and referencing or talking about what was said yesterday, testify uh, testimony given yesterday by auditors for the Maricopa County, um, well, their audit back uh, that, that audited the votes and just what they could find uh, in the system of Maricopa County's well, the way that they handled their election. So I want you to listen here. That they were ever sent out. Oopsie daisies. There, where we go. So I want you to listen here to um, the testimony. This is just one soundbite. I referenced this earlier, but I want you to hear it. He gives a little bit of explanation here. That's uh, about a minute long, explaining one of the findings that the auditors discovered with 74,000 ballots. Here is what they found. Um, so, for example, we have 74,243 mail-in ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. And just to be clear, um, here in the state of Arizona, there's, there's uh, EV32s and EV33s. EV32s is supposed to give a record of when a mail-in ballot is sent, and an EV33 is supposed to give a record of when uh, the mail-in ballot is received. And so there should be an equal, you know, there should be more EV32s, more sent out than there are that, that are received. Specifically with these, we also, we can tie them to a specific individual that was mailed to. And so we have 74,000 where we have them came back from individuals where we don't have a clear indication that they were ever sent out to them. That could be something where, where documentation wasn't done right. There was a clerical issue. There's not proper things there. Um, but I think when we've got 74,000, it's, you know, it merits, you know, knocking on a door and validating some of this information. So Madam President. So, and that, and that, by the way, may be the next thing that happens here. Start doing door to door canvassing. That's what they have, uh, have talked about in the wake of this election, in the wake of this audit, I should say. 74,000 ballots Mail-in ballots. There's a law that says there has to be a record of the ballot going out, a record of the ballot being received. This all has to do with the chain of custody stuff. Where are these ballots? You, uh, it, it's common sense, right? I mean, if you're going, if you vote in person, you hand them an ID, something to prove who you are. You walk into the booth, they can see you vote. You hit your numbers. You hit, you know, confirm your vote or whatever you do. And you leave. They can say that person just cast those ballot, you know, th those votes that were confirmed in that machine. When there's a mail-in ballot, you have to be. I mean, it just stands to reason that you have to be able to prove that the person who is sending the ballot has a right to vote, that they are registered to vote. They hand the ballot to whomever is responsible for getting it to the place that gets the ballot counted. You have to say, "I've received this. I'm going to put this in the mail system." It's going to go through the mail with the postal carriers. It's going to end up someplace. Someone has to verify. I now I have this. It's in my possession now. We're going to put it in this stack of items to count later or whatever the process is, and you have to be able to document that. 74,000-some-odd ballots there's no record of. That, and by the way, Clerical error. I, I, he's he's being very generous here by saying clerical error. It's it's akin to, um, you know, say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, and there's seventy five thousand dollars that you didn't turn into the IRS. 
and you say, well, it's a clerical error, right? I mean, is that, does that seem like a reasonable reasonable thing to you? It's, that's percentages are much higher in, in my analogy, but it's not a rounding error. This, this, this is one county. It's a big county, admittedly, Maricopa County, but 74,000. I don't have the number of total votes cast in Maricopa County, but that is a large that that is a that's a decent percentage of votes that were that were counted um, that that there's no record of where they were. That's a problem. May, again, it, there, there's levels of what this might mean. You've got people that are claiming the you know election was stolen, so this is intentional. That could be one explanation. In efficiency, ineptitude, people skirting the the rules to you know just to help these ballots get in because they didn't want to be accused of trying to silence people's votes or whatever. Maybe there's other explanations. I I'm just I'm being generous here too. I just want to simply say that everyone should be able to acknowledge that this is a problem. And the responses I've seen on social media, I actually saw one that made me laugh because the person said. We don't know who sent these votes in, so maybe Biden's margin of victory was even larger, <laughs> which made me chuckle because it's it's like this. People have decided Biden won. We don't know how, by how many votes. It doesn't really matter. We should just all trust it. We should just all trust that Biden won, not ask any questions, not have any curiosity. No matter what happens, no matter what we find, Biden's president, Biden won. If you say that the numbers – you know, call into question his winning the state of Arizona, then you, of course, need to be censored. Uh, but if you say things like, well, we still know Biden won, how? The numbers, again, not even 11, shy of 11,000 votes. We have 70, 74 plus thousand ballots that went through the mail system that we have no record of them going out or being received. How is that not a problem? That's just one piece of this. One, It's the biggest piece of it, but it's one piece of it. And for those of us who pointed out some of the problems with voter uh, voting by mail, especially from states that rushed to accommodate as many as possible here because of COVID restrictions and all the things where they, you know, change the laws and sometimes illegally change the laws. This is, I mean, this is predictable. This is not surprising. Timeouts in order. Sit tight. Back in a minute. Time for one more clip from this hearing. And again, cyber, what is it, cyber ninjas, they're, of course, being attacked. They better watch out because who knows what uh, allegations are going to be made against them. Serious, wouldn't surprise me. Who knows the way that this, the way that this, uh, that this works. It, you know, you have some people who it, you're just never going to convince. But this should be a problem for anyone. Listen to this soundbite. This is... Again, another short one that I got to play here, 54 seconds. So let's, let's squeeze this in. This is another problem they found, and this is, should trouble anybody. So we have also seen some interesting things related to the voter rolls. Um, so, for example, we have 11,326 people that did not show up on a November 7th version of, of the voter rolls that should have been you know, after votes were cast, uh, but then appeared on the December 4th voter rolls. And just to be clear, they show as voted in this past election, but they were not a November 7th version of the file, and they were they did show up on the December 4th version. 
Okay, that sounds confusing. I, Is there, give me an explanation of why that might have, I mean, we're not, we're obviously we're not saying there's fraud, we're not saying anything else. I'm just trying to find answers. Is there a logical explanation why that would be? I cannot think of a logical explanation on what that would be, um, but it'd be a great thing to hear back from the county to see if there's any anything that we're not thinking of. Okay. Yeah, so that's, I mean, again, this is not, this is being portrayed by the left, by the Democrats, by Maricopa County, by the media, if, and to the degree, uh, the degree that they talk about this. This is being portrayed as irresponsible, um, just the levying of all sorts of allegations and claims of fraud. He's not even claiming that. I mean, you can take this where logic takes you, but his point is, 11,326 people voted. They were not on the voter rolls as of November 7th. They showed up, so, excuse me, November 7th. They showed up on those rolls uh, December 4th. And they voted. And it, mar it shows that they voted. What's the explanation for this? Just seems totally bizarre. And maybe the county can enlighten us on what might have happened here, but this doesn't add up. Quick timeout. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. All right, my friends, that is all of the time that we have this week. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm telling you right now, you better subscribe to our podcast or do something like join our email newsletter, toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe, because you will be banished from this program if you <laughs> – it's just a matter of time, YouTube. So, again, lots of problems with this Arizona audit. Anybody who is remotely objective and fair-minded fair should see this. And it's also problematic that they don't want you talking about it. Just let that all sink in. So, music telling me it's time to wrap up, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. S-D-G. See you Monday. Take care.